This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Kaylin Less. The secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. That quote from Socrates, it keeps playing on a loop in my mind because the truth is that change is hard, especially uninvited change. It's often the unannounced change though that can push you in directions you would have otherwise never explored. And we know that that's where growth happens. So what becomes possible if when ushered into new territory, you quickly reset your vision on what you are creating and let go of what existed before? In today's episode, you are going to hear from someone whose proven business model of more than 25 years was suddenly tested in ways she could not have prepared for. As she was forced to double down and re-examine every area of what once was, she did more than rebuild her business strategy. She also pivoted her leadership approach, and the results have been extraordinary. Today's episode is not as formal an interview as we usually do here at The One Thing, because it's actually a recording from a call I made just reaching out to today's guest. Because the thing is that every single week, I time block a couple of hours to connect with our community, celebrate wins, and learn where they may need additional support. And in this call, it yielded some big takeaways that we just had to share. For a little bit of context, she attended our goal-setting retreat last year in Austin, Texas, created her first GPS with her team, and was implementing the one thing across her organization for the very first time. With that, let's get into today's episode with Donna Miller. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is, Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Donna, I had the honor of meeting you at the 2019 Goal Setting Retreat last November. Can you walk us through what you initially did with your team to prepare for that retreat and then the actions you took post-retreat in order to design an airtight plan for the upcoming year? So we had our employee retreat in October. Got it. Everyone read the book. We began the process of getting everyone involved in the GPS. When I came back from conference... That's when I decided, okay, we need to actually execute, not just conceptually, we need to execute on this. So we, as a full team, meet weekly. And I, as I said, define the someday, define the one goal. And then at that point, we divided my group of 12 into four groups. Each had a mission. But even, even with all hands on deck, 
we still were, were meeting weekly, but the weekly conversations were a little less strategic and more operational. Mm-hmm. What do we need? What do you need? Are you okay? Because that's the piece that I think we've all, I, underestimated is how much more important it was going to be to make sure everyone on my team was okay. Because I'm the entrepreneur. I'm the business owner. I I breathe this. Not everyone has that same level of uh, risk tolerance or figure it out because you have to. The one thing that we identified in June was to get everyone on the team selling. So I have said that I have for quite some time had a company that runs without me. Now I want to build a company that grows without me. Uh, Having a company that runs without me means that I have been able to vacation quite regularly. Um, I haven't worked in the month of August in many years except for this year. I do, as Tim Ferriss says, I initially was working on my MBA, which was management by absence. So that was my thing. I wanted this company to not suck the life out of me. And I wanted to be able to have this company uh, provide me with the work-life balance that I was looking for, which meant I love traveling. I believe that I'm not waiting till retirement to do the things I want to do. I'm doing them now. Yeah. So. So that to me was having a business that runs without me, which is a huge accomplishment. But the bigger accomplishment and my goal now is to have a company that grows without me. And that means in a small business, I cannot be the primary rainmaker. I have to raise up people who can identify opportunities and work together to bring in new business. Now. I don't really believe in selling. I believe in uncovering pain and providing solutions. So we are creative problem solvers. So when we see a client who's in a situation and we might have a way to help them. So my job in getting everyone uh, selling was to sit back during those monthly meetings and say, okay, if this is now everyone's job and not just Donna's job, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you think you can do? What do you think you can do? And so there were several weeks of discussion. And I often find during these weekly meetings is that we'll have three of them and it's like, we are getting nowhere, but I won't give the answer. The new me doesn't want to give the answer. What does an opportunity look like? What does an opportunity sound like? They're not going to say to you, I'm having a problem with my email marketing and I'd like to, here's what it's going to sound like. It's going to sound like I'm working a lot of hours and I'm not getting the results. And I feel like I'm doing 52 different things. Um, So I have to say that in a short period of time, I'm reviewing proposals. I haven't even spoken to that prospect. Oh, <laughs> I just saw the heavens open up and the beam of light. Yeah. That's so, remarkable. Yeah. And it sounds like your team, uh, based on the way you've described, they're taking initiative. They feel like they've got skin in the game and they right. feel empowered to take actions in a way that are very authentic to who they are and also serving the growth of the business. 
Absolutely. And, and I believe the reason it's going as well as it is, is because the retreat, the one thing, the way I lead is about co-creating solutions. And I've said this, you know, I do a fair amount of speaking and I've said this almost every time I've spoken lately. It is when you hit adversity, there is never a more important time to have an open dialogue with your team. You trying to hide the numbers or what's going on, you're just going to stress them out more. They absolutely, I mean, I'm not, 100% transparent financially with my full team. I am with my management team. But, you know, my, my team knows we've got some empty offices and let's all work together. So working together, here's a great example, brainstorming session. We are now, in addition to our safe spaces accreditation, the idea that came from the team was let's do family share offices so that a family can rent an office, they can alternate their parenting, teaching, working time, and we've written language where they can bring their children of a certain age with total supervision, but they can bring their children to our office. We're fine with that. I did it all the time when my kids were young. That was their idea. And then they said, hey, let's reach out to the YMCA across the street because they've got some great programs going. Not me, them. It sounds like a lot of innovation has come out of you stepping back. And while at first it was slow moving and it took some time to build those muscles, How valuable to be able to teach people how to think and get them excited about stretching the boundaries of what is possible. You mentioned earlier about how adversity is a thing that can really bring people together and is an opportunity for solidarity like no other shared experience. To be able to foster the sort of innovation happening in your team during these times requires intention, purposeful conversation, and collaborating in new ways. That's pretty inspiring for all parties involved, everyone from your internal team, your clients, and you as a leader. Exactly. And this is this is what I say to, to, to people when we're, you know, when we're pitching people on a on virtual assistance or a strategy or project management or CRM, whatever it is we're doing. I say to them, listen, on a dollar basis, I'm never going to be your least expensive option. I don't live there. It's not what I do. However, from a value proposition, Our team is second to none. You are getting people who think like business owners, who understand what you're doing. And, you know, that's really hard to find in the marketplace at this operational level. Yeah, it's great for them. It's great for me and it's great for our clients. And that's, and it's great for our strategic partners. So, you know, that's, that's how we're trying to show up. What I'm hearing you say is that there was one lead domino that made all of this possible. Because you didn't know what you were going to be hit with in 2020. And yet, you were lining up dominoes in a way that empowered you to lead differently while leveraging the strengths you already had. What was the one thing that you did as a leader in order to rise to this challenge and show up differently? That's a great question. And I believe that the lead domino is a conscious effort to move from being a manager to being a leader. And a leader raises up other leaders. So that's what I did was I, and this has been an evolution, but this one thing and all this getting the team involved in the strategy has catapulted what's coming out of those meetings. So the lead domino is, is, 
knowing that raising up other leaders and investing the time to do that, even in the middle of not great things going on, was the right thing. I want to dig into something you said because it sounds like the framework of the one thing really gave you some leverage to figure out what that meant. Because I can imagine that there are a lot of business owners and people that are really great managers. And when they hear you say that, they think to themselves, wow, I would really like to make that transition and do that too, but I don't have any idea where to start. What would you say to that person? What is the action or the one thing you can start practicing to break out of the management cycle and start to grow on the path of mastery as a strong leader? Ooh, that's a hard one to answer in, in a one thing way. But I, so I'll think in terms of GPS as opposed to one thing. If the one thing, okay, if the one thing is to shift from being a manager to being a leader, the GPS is A, communicating clearly what your expectations are in a goal oriented way, not a process way. You have to step away from process and let your people own the process and be accountable to the goal. But it's also, to me, it's as simple as not answering questions, but rather answering questions with more questions. So helping them to think. And and always, to me, uh, shifting from a manager to a leader is, is modeling that, giving them the framework to do it. And the one thing is the framework. So, I mean, I am always very mindful. And on the right side of my board are my three GPSs. It's biz dev leadership and content. Those are my things. And on the left side are my values, my faith, impact, and community. I lead with those every day. I mean, the other thing is, you know, faith being my number one, I started a prayer group in the middle of COVID. I really felt like God had put this on my heart. And I really believe that my business is a platform for Christ. And so... I sent an email out to 20 people. Well, we now have 50 people in the group. And every Monday, there's about 20 of us. And we open with prayer. Somebody does a devotional. We talk about it. We close with prayer. And we start our week that way. So again, how you shift from being a manager to a leader is model the behavior that you want your people to do. And, and also really important is you have to make it okay to fail forward. We're not going to get it right. And you have to make that okay. So my someday is becoming, what's becoming clearer and clearer for me is I'm stepping farther and farther away from being involved in the day-to-day. And very honestly, I know we're recording, but I'm working on turning it into an employee-owned company because they deserve it. And, and, and I'll take my role over here and I'll be the advisor, but they can totally take this thing over. You mentioned something that I want to share with our listeners in more detail because they can't see what I see. So behind you is a giant whiteboard, basically an entire wall with your one thing on one side and your core values on the other. Do us a favor and say your core values again. I know you said it, but what was it? Faith and what else do you have? Faith, impact, and community. And those are in order of priority, with faith being the number one core value that drives your priorities, then impact, and then community. Tell us, how has finding clarity around those values helped fuel and support you through this season? That's a great question. That's the beauty of 
being really clear on your values is they are your that's your your cornerstone your uh, the thing you cling to when things get really not great. So for me, uh, it's faith over fear, right? So um, I have fear. We all have fear, but I move through it because I have faith, and I move through it because. What I want to do in this life is to have an impact. That's legacy, right? So my legacy is going to be about my children, about my granddaughter, but I have been gifted with this ability to help other people start and grow their businesses. I have this this talent for helping them to see 42 dots on the page and figure out what are the three dots and what's the first one? So I'd been doing that for a while before the one thing, but as a student for life, something I model as a leader, I'm constantly learning. I will never not be learning, thank God. And so I exist with my faith and my impact in a community. No one is meant to go through life alone. So my community is, and I, the eight of us who came to Austin still meet every week. We have a Zoom call every week. We're doing a little a little face-to-face in a couple of weeks. That's my core tribe. But you know, my community is everyone that I have an impact on. So so how and why those that middle part of this ball, this board will change, but my values and my core activities do not change. Uh, because It's what I have to stay focused on. If I start to go all over the place and operationally, the other thing that's happened is each of my people have their core behaviors as well. And so that I'm not managing, but rather leading, but staying informed, every one of my team members now, and I do the same thing, they send me a weekly report. And their weekly report is on their core activities with a couple of bullet points so we know what's going on. And that actually feeds into our time tracking system. So if I'm saying, you know, biz dev is one of my core behaviors, well, I can look in my time tracking and I can know exactly how much time we're spending on that. So you're looking directly at your calendar to ensure that it's reflecting the behaviors that drive your business. And then you get to evaluate what's working and what's not. Exactly. And what it's costing. Because if I'm not tracking time on my non-billable work, then I don't know what C3 is spending on marketing or events or social media, uh, which you know is, is very much not free. So we are, we've been aligning all our systems with the GPS and the 411. I love that. In fact, it really fires me up thinking about how your team is showing up in new ways and how you are rethinking and growing as a leader in the process. It's really inspiring. As our One Thing team looks forward to the next year and we are in the process of planning our goal-setting retreat, I get pretty excited about what's to come. I have a lot of excitement around planning for 2021 because I do believe that this year helped us build muscles we hadn't tapped into before. And we are a stronger team because of it. What are you doing with your team to plan for next year? Uh, We also are are planning our uh, employee retreat. And we spent a lot of time uh, thinking about, could we do it face-to-face? There's a challenge because my team members are scattered. Uh, Many are local, but I've I've got an instrumental person in Vegas. I've got another person in Indiana. 
you know, if they could drive, it would be one thing, but they'd have to fly. And so uh, we have decided that A, we're going to do it virtually. B, we're going to, instead of doing two full days, we are going to uh, probably do it over five days, like like maybe a two hour a day kind of thing. But also, we are going to have them plan the retreat. And I'm going to let them decide what this year's retreat looks like, which will focus on what do we want 2021 to look like. I'm also uh, looking at the org chart, deciding who's going to sit where, because this whole process has uncovered some serious talent that I want to make sure is sitting in the right seat. Talk more about that because we know that finding great talent that is invested in your vision is not an easy task. And it can sometimes feel like searching through the dark for someone you don't even know what they look like. So share with us how this experience has helped elevate your team's skills and reveal opportunities in different ways for you. Well, I think it's as simple as um, when you give people an opportunity, some people will rise to the opportunity and others won't. So during the strategic planning part, process, when we divide into teams, there are roles. You've got a leader, you've got a note taker, you've got a researcher. Kelly and I, who are the two senior people, we are the mentor. That's the fourth role. I'm a mentor. I'm a mentor to business and development. She's a mentor to community and services. We're only allowed to answer questions. We can't put our opinion in, which is so hard for me. (laughs) And, and, And again, when possible, we answer questions with questions. But it's been interesting to watch who volunteered to be the leader. And I think that because we've had a virtual team for a while, um, and even very honestly, sometimes our virtual start as subcontractors, and they've got their own side hustle going, or they're doing this as their full-time living. And then all of a sudden, they realize, hmm, I can be autonomous, but I can be part of a team. So it has happened more than once where we end up hiring those subcontractors full-time yeah. because I, we're not your typical environment. And, and that's what's so appealing. I love the way you mentioned how it's been a learning process for you, just simply watching people raise their hand to be a leader. Sometimes just leaning into that uncomfortable silence as no one steps forward and just waiting it out to see what happens next. I was just going to say that in sales and in leadership, silence is your friend. Get comfortable with it. Yes, how exciting. What would you tell leaders out there that are preparing that GPS with their teams? What would you encourage them to do? I would encourage them to get everyone in their team, get everyone on their team in involved in co-creating the solution. I would tell them to articulate the someday, articulate possibly the one thing. You know, you you might see if they come up with the one thing, but but you know, we were very specific about the one thing. Um, and then and then give them give them room to plan. And even when you hear a bad idea, if it's not going to be client-facing bad, let them run with it. Let them figure it out themselves that it may not have been the best solution. Yeah, that can be uncomfortable. 
But it goes back to what you said about failing forward. There is such value in having something you want to try and learning for yourself that it doesn't work out in real life like it did in your brain. Absolutely. And there is no innovation without mistakes and failing forward. And that is what we try and focus on. When we, when we first created our four groups, we had five groups and the fifth group was innovation. And I said, nope, innovation is the center of all four groups or, or the two groups, whatever it is. But innovation is, has to be the thread that ties everything together and it has to be what we're shooting for, which is, I think, keeps us relevant. I mean, 26 years, I, I morph 14 times a year if I have to, hopefully not. But you know, if you're not innovating, you're, you're growing or you're dying, you're innovating or you're dying. Innovation really isn't possible unless bad ideas are really embraced. If you don't have a safe environment where people can throw terrible ideas into a group so that people can respond to it, you cannot move forward and you cannot grow. Exactly. So we've talked a lot about me, but I haven't heard what's going on with you. What's going on with the conference? What are you yeah. guys up to? Austin is hot like it always is right now. What's exciting is that similarly to like you mentioned, we have really loved coming together for our goal setting retreat every year because there's so much community and relationship building that happen when we get together. Your group, the Jersey Girls that came together last year, y'all are really a testament to to what a great model for success can look like. I mean, when people come together that really care about each other and are invested in one another's success, the retreat becomes a catalyst that helps friends, couples, and teams support each other throughout the entire year in new ways. When facing down the fact that an in-person retreat was not an option this year, I was initially feeling pretty bummed because I worried whether we could cultivate the kind of community that we generally do in these virtual experiences. But I have to say, now that we're in the thick of the planning phase, I'm not worried at all. I'm just so stoked for the opportunity to bring even more people together through a virtual experience that is actually exponentially more accessible to people all over the globe. Because the truth is that we have people in a global community that historically have come from the far reaches of the planet to set their goals in Austin, Texas. Our furthest traveler, they came from Latvia one year. And he explained that Austin is just about the toughest place to get to with so many airplanes and all those things. But it was an opportunity that he and his wife did not want to miss. So they made the trek. So this year, anyone can access the retreat from the comfort of their home. And the thing is that the opportunity to reach more people is huge. We as a company are focused on impact. To the point that if we build a successful and profitable business that does not make an impact in people's lives, it is simply not worth it. The one reason we are here is to help people get clarity on what matters most and accomplish their goals. Because when we do, it incrementally improves the entire world. One person, one goal, and one domino at a time. Another new shift we made this year is that we are going to do two weekends. So the first weekend, we're solely focusing on couples that are setting goals together. And then the second weekend is devoted to individuals, leaders, and teams. So while in the past, I mean, the goal-setting framework, it really remains the same. But we're excited to be able to bring different guest speakers and elevate new voices to the specific kind of goal setters we're working with that day. Historically, we've had one weekend that addressed all types of people through the different lenses. But this year, the virtual platform makes it possible to focus on one kind of audience at a time. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the dates for the weekends? The 14th and 15th of November is the couples retreat. And the 21st and 22nd is for individuals and teams. 
And what's awesome this year is that when you get just one ticket, you get access to both weekends and can attend each retreat with the people who matter most to your success. I'm imagining that a lot of leaders just like you will invite their teams to attend the second weekend together, but also encourage their team to take advantage of that first weekend and set goals with their partner and then join as a team in the second weekend. It provides the option for people to set goals in both their personal and professional life in a new way that we've never offered before. It will give us the opportunity to try new things, meet people where they're at. And it's pretty exciting to create a community in this virtual way like we've never done before. We love your conference. We love what you're doing. Let us know how we can help. I love that. And we love you. I'm excited to experience this year's retreat with you as well. And in the meantime, thanks for sharing so much with me today about your journey over the last few months and how you've been living your one thing through your values during this season of change. We'll check back in November, but until then, thank you. And if you need anything, just just holler. We got you. All right. Bye, Donna. There you have it. Our conversation with Donna Miller. The one thing that really stood out to me was that when Donna got clarity on her values, they became the force that drove her decision-making while navigating new challenges. They began to shape her approach to how she led her team, what she said yes to, and they gave her clarity on what mattered most as she forged a new plan for the year. If you're interested in learning more about how to set goals for the upcoming year and want to check out our upcoming virtual goal-setting retreat, visit theonething.com slash setmygoals. That's S-E-T-M-Y-G-O-A-L-S. During this year's virtual retreat, we will facilitate a goal-setting experience where you will discover a proven model for setting your five-year, one-year, and someday goals with the people who matter most to your success. You will identify your core values and leverage that knowledge to live your purpose every single day moving forward. And the best part is, you get a front row seat to the retreat from the comfort of your living room. If this episode has brought value to you, who's someone you know or care about that would benefit from listening to it? Would you share it with them? And if you are that person, welcome to the One Thing Podcast. Click the subscribe button so that all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. And for all of you, please consider leaving us a rating or review on your podcast player of choice. It helps us reach more people. And right now, that is our one thing. Thanks so much for listening to The One Thing Podcast. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.